Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hey, everybody. What's going on? So, we had a good show today, everybody. We did. We had fun. You know what? Full full uh, disclosure. My child's in the studio with headphones on right now. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. You know, it is what it is. It's summertime. Sometimes you got to wing it. And, and oh, you're, she's, she's saying something. Oh, well, huh? hang on. Okay. All right. Hi. How are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you're the problem. <laughs> Your daughter hasn't done anything. You're spilling stuff. Say hello. Hi. It's nice Hi. to see you. Have you ever been on a podcast before? No. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, what is she watching over there? Peppa Pig? Is that what that I is? I think she's watching Peppa, yeah. I was, love it. Yeah, she was playing a game, but okay. Okay. So work now, I guess. L- let me ask you a question. We're going to earmuffs her up there. We're going to cover her yeah, ears yeah. with headphones. Good. Although or do I have to watch my language I today? Say, I, no, I, I don't want to disrupt the podcast flow. So you do you. Uh, it's She's uh, she's four. So she doesn't like if it was my six year old, I'd be like, uh, she'll definitely know. And she'd be like, oh, Scott said a bad word. Mm, yes. You know? um, so but she's four. And she's still trying to figure stuff out. But I also don't want her to go into JK swearing. So we'll see how she goes. OK, so <laughs> if she goes into JK. And on the first day, says something like, no fucking way. <laughs> then you'll know that those headphones are you imagine? <laughs> are not noise canceling. The, fir- the first Friday, she goes to her teacher, happy motherfucking Friday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'll try and behave myself, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's going to be tough today. And let me tell you why. Because we got angry stories we that make us angry. Angry stories that make us angry. A new COVID-19 variant has emerged. Uh, I just had a deja vu. When's the last time weird. we talked about a new variant? I was know. it last summer? I feel like, yeah, probably. Probably. But I do have a little PTSD anytime you mention the word variant, I notice. The variant is called EG.5 and is a descendant of Omicron. No. Yeah, I agree with you, darling. <laughs> I agree with you. The World Health Organization added EG5 to its list of currently circulating variants that are under monitoring back on July the 19th. To date, cases associated with the new variant have been reported in the UK, United States, and Canada. The latest data from the UK Health Security Agency says that EG5 makes up approximately 14.5% or 1 in 7 of all COVID-19 cases in the UK. Okay. So now we have a unique opportunity here, Kat. Here's the opportunity that's in front of Ontario right now. We've got a new variant, but we don't have any rules. And you'll remember for a couple of years, there was a lot of rules like you can't go into a restaurant and and not wear a mask. Oh my gosh, those times. Or or you got to follow the arrows at the grocery store and only shop in one direction. Remember yeah, that? I do. There there was rules like you can't uh you if you go to the doctor's office, you you got to wait outside until they call you in. I mean, it was a real just a hot 
pile of garbage rules during COVID that we have an opportunity to not repeat. Do you think in your heart of hearts, Kat, that Doug Ford over at Queens Park learned any lessons from the last COVID? And if this one gets a little squirrely and starts exploding like Omicron did last year, I mean, let's let's be clear about that. Omicron spread. A lot of people caught COVID when that one was going around. Delta was another one. Sure. Do you think Doug has learned his lesson or do you think as soon as this starts circulating widely in Ontario, and it will in the next couple of weeks, is he going to be back on TV saying, folks, don't leave your homes and, and we'll send the cops after you if you do and shut down the hair salons and close every business that I think is not essential. Is he going to go that route again or is it just going to be like it is now, but everybody's just asked to be a little extra vigilant? Yes, I think that you nailed it with that last one. I think it's going to be everything as it is now. Be extra vigilant. Those who have, you know, the same things like compromised immune systems in one way or another, whatever that might be, or you, you have a loved one who is, absolutely, they'll suggest, public health will probably suggest you mask up. And some people have been doing that all the while anyway, if they are susceptible to something or whatever it is. But no, I don't think there's going to be any shutting down of anything at all. I really don't. If anything, maybe we would start where we ended off. By that, I mean, maybe hospitals will have to be like, sorry, guys, you're going to have to mask again. Uh, doctor's offices, same thing. It, that's possible. But I only imagine those areas. Okay, so probably not a lot of mandates if this does get a little wild. Mm-mm. That's good. You know, it, it's almost like they knew it was coming. CTV was on the ball yesterday when they had Dr. Isaac Bogosh out again, the infectious disease expert from the University Health Network. In for an interview already about EG5. He says he expects cases to pop up in Canada soon if they aren't already. It'll probably probably be everywhere if it isn't yet. It will be everywhere, he says. He says it'll be very similar to what was observed with other sublineages of Omicron and the latest variant gradually becoming the most dominant sublineage around the world. I don't see a lot of reason to freak out, but I see a lot of media attention. And, you know, I I think part of the reason that the media finds itself in the position it's in right now with a lot of distrust and a lot of general disregard. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people feeling too sorry for CBC, CTV, Global and City. It doesn't seem that way in that battle against the tech giants. Right. And I think a lot of it goes back to COVID. Yeah, I think so. Uh, For... (sighs) And they're doing the exact same shit all over again. Yeah. Uh, For me, first and foremost, when it comes to media and and them being all over it, it's slow in the summer. You know, the news cycle's a lot slower in the summer. It slows down. Much like our lives, you know, you kind of take time and break and things like that. There's not a lot going on. There's strikes happening here and there. It's just not a busy time. So it doesn't surprise me that the outlets will jump on and report on and dig deep on some whatever news story they can grab their paws on. Like, that's kind of part of their job, though. In all fairness, that's what they do. This is just happens to be one of it. I have a feeling if this happened in the middle of, you know, April when things were busy and things were happening, we, it wouldn't be as much attention on it. I, I, I think that's where we're at. But okay. why are they reporting about this more than they reported about the dang... Like aliens and the UFOs that we know are there. Well, and you know, that's what I'm wondering. We've got a lot of stuff going on and there's certain things that I find the public is very interested in. There's other things that the public's not interested in. And it seems like that's the stuff that gets the lion's share of attention. 
You know, I mean, they're fixated on COVID EG5 yeah. variant, which I don't even know if it's been lab confirmed in Ontario yet, even if if we even test it, yeah. test for it in labs anymore. But I mean, where's the aliens coverage? Where's all that stuff? Because I feel like that doesn't matter to them. They're in like a nonstop COVID and Justin Trudeau cycle. Yeah, it seems so. And then there's all this like sub sub topics that are happening around the COVID thing. Uh, also like, Man. well, who's this targeting now? What are the symptoms now? Is it different? Um, and the answer is like, for the most part, no, isn't it? Isn't it just like the same, but just a variant and sure stronger than the last one that we've been dealing with? Isn't that right? I mean, I think it's about as know. much risk as any of the other versions. Yes. And, and some people felt that the other versions were a serious risk. Other people thought it wasn't a risk at all and they didn't care if they caught it. How many people did probably catch it, by the way, in the last year and didn't even bother testing? Because there's kind of no need for that anymore in a lot of cases, unless you have a workplace that still makes you test. And maybe that's the case. And by all means, when you're sick, don't go into work anyway. But I don't know, man. I, I don't see a lot of people stopping down to care about this. I, I don't think don't. they're going to either. I, so here's my advice to you. If you're a decision maker at Queens Park or at maybe at Health Canada or whatever, people don't give a shit. You are going to totally lose the room if you try and beat that COVID drum again. If you start talking about masking and mandates and all that stuff that divided people for two, three years now, you're going to completely lose the room and you will not get any participation in this except for the people that are, you know, those ones that are driving alone with masks on and stuff mm -hmm. that are uber paranoid. Just stop the stuff. I mean, until there's an actual problem, let's not create one. And if you're in the quote unquote, mainstream media, my advice to you would be don't try and stir this pot. Don't you try and ramp up that fear machine again because people have zero patience for it. And frankly, they've got other priorities. People are far more concerned right now about losing their house and putting food on the table than they are about a COVID Omicron right. sub, sub lineage variant. Nobody yeah. gives a shit. And I'm sorry if that hurts to hear because you were invested in it for a couple of years. But again, Nobody gives a shit. They don't care about this variant, and they're likely not going to. Uh, yesterday, we talked about the picture that the prime minister posted with his kids. Got a lot of comments on that, and, and I appreciate the people who took the time to reach out. I, I was trying to be fair, and I think I was to the prime minister, but he's doubled down, which makes me think it kind of was a trap, like we said yesterday. What does he say today? Had to balance it out. It's a picture of him and his daughter, at an Omicron, or at a... <laughs> not an not Omicron, an Omicron movie. screen. It, if there was an Omicron movie, I promise you I will not see it. Oppenheimer, <laughs> that's what it was. I think we went to go see Oppenheimer, that's right, yeah. That's great, fine. I mean, yes, is he randomly posting photos that he never kind of posted before since the news? Absolutely. Uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind that there's something to that. He's never done that before. He has, all the while, posted photos of his family you know, as a unit. But yes, of course, now as a dad, he's probably just going out of his way to show people, this is me as a dad. Uh, I suppose you could say a single dad at this point. I don't know. Uh, even though the kids are older. How old are those kids, by the way? Uh, teenagers, 15, 16 years okay, old. Okay, okay. I can't tell with boys at that age all look like 25 to me now. So I can't tell how old I, they are ever. I, I can't remember <laughs> if I said this as an analogy on the podcast, but, and this is not a shot directly at, the prime minister's son. Cause I don't know the kid. I have mm -hmm. no idea. But one thing that struck me when I looked at him is he looks like every other teenager in this country. And it seems like teenage boys in particular in this country are having an ongoing competition to see who can have the worst bedhead and leave the house with it. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that it's almost a style now to make your hair as messy and just rolled out of bed look as possible? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
is a style is yeah i mean i think so there's a cash a casual take um especially for gen z they're very like casual is the best way i put it and yeah maybe maybe a little more natural in some cases not always in some other cases but like just not not going out of your way really hey i mean living in sweats actually that's what i hear the most from people who have uh gen z as a child <laughs> Are saying like it's mostly like are you gonna get dressed for the day and they're like i am dressed <laughs> and it's like full on like you said right like just like top bun messy if it's a girl you know or track suit and eh, as long as you don't stink i'm like i think at that point i would probably be like cool fine i'm okay with it too i just thought the hair thing i mean when i was that age holy crap you you did your hair before you left yeah, the house yeah. now it's like right out of bed Boom, we're good to go. Yeah, and in some cases, it's like, whatever. A messy bun, for example, is cute. It's fine. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with it. But it becomes a lifestyle at a certain point. (laughs) Why are you wearing a hoodie when it's 35 degrees out? Why? Why are you doing that? I I find it fascinating. I saw this. um, It must have been a a Gen Xer that that posted it. But it was Gen X versus um, Gen Z. And it was a video and the video was this road had been slightly flooded a bit with water, right? It had, it was pouring rain. And so there was like a little puddle all the way through this walkway. And these two young men stopped at the edge of the sidewalk, right where the puddling began. And they both had these new fresh white sneaks on. (laughs) And then they were like hesitating, like, oh, do we run? How do we do this? And then you had a Gen Xer just like trudge through the water, not giving a shit because he was wearing flip flops. <laughs> but because they love their sneaks, they certainly do. And they, you know, that's fine. That's it. There's nothing wrong with that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One more thing on this before we move on, because there's like four other things I want to touch on quickly. Yesterday, we talked about people who were hating on the prime minister, people who saw the picture of him and his kid dressed in pink at a Barbie movie and felt that was the appropriate place to make a gay joke or something like that about the prime minister. And, and, you know, it's the same thing around. The PM posted his son at Barbie. He's now posted his daughter at Oppenheimer. And you look like an asshole if you try and critique the children. If you try and make a mm-hmm. comment like that or try and turn it into something gay, that is wrong and, and you're probably going to get called well, out for it. And if you don't, you should. Well, look, it goes back to when you and me and Dave back on Friday had mentioned something about Justin Trudeau. It goes back to that for me. It's amazing to me that Justin Trudeau can just take up, live rent free, basically, in the heads of so many people 
You, there's so much more in the world happening. Why are you spending so much time on this guy? It's like an obsession. Oh, yeah. Real for some people. Just cut it out. Relax. I couldn't be around people like that. Like a lot of the commenters, if I found out there was someone I knew, I'd probably be like, you know what? I can't even with you. You're going out of your way to comment on someone's page something so negative. Like just just stop. And waving the flags. Like, again, go back to the Friday podcast if you guys want to hear what we had to say. And I know Dave was, and, and you were saying kind of similar with how obsessed people are with this guy. And yes, he's, of course, the leader of Canada, but fuck. And can Pierce Morgan just shut the fuck up, too? Can he go away? <laughs> like, can we, seriously, like, he's claiming, like, Canadians love him because he said something about Justin Trudeau. Stop right there, Pierce. Not every Canadian loves you. The people who are chiming in to that tweet are waiting for someone to say anything about Trudeau. And if it's negative, they'll be your best friend in a second because they got no fucking life. They are losers. That's it. Okay. Well, all that being said, it works both ways. It absolutely oh, works yeah. both ways. Ah, it works for everybody. Yes, I, I, absolutely. Just fucking calm down, everybody. I'm going to play about 30 seconds of a one-minute video for you that went viral yesterday. Who is Pierre Polyev? Many know him as the common sense leader the country needs. His school teacher parents know him as the boy they adopted and raised in their modest home in the suburbs of Calgary. His dad knows him as the son he took to early morning hockey games. His neighbors know him as the boy who used to deliver the morning newspaper. His children know him in Francais, Espanol, and English as Papa. And I know him as a guy who loves me for who I am, a Canadian who came to call Canada home, and his wife. So when Pierre says, it doesn't matter who you know or where you're from, but rather who you are and where you're going, these aren't just empty words. He's lived it. That's just a little bit of a video that was narrated by Pierre Polyev's wife to try and support Pierre in his bid to run for prime minister. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking through the comments here. It's just as fucking disgusting. It is just as disgusting. Yeah, the yeah. one that stood out for me. Why don't you go back to whatever cartel sold you to him? What? Huh? Excuse me? Excuse me? Are we doing that now? Uh, come on. Are oh, we doing racist attacks on a South American immigrant who came to Canada for a better life and now could potentially be the next quote unquote first lady of Canada? And people are making racist remarks like that. It can't go either way. Stop the shit. Stop Stop the personal stuff. You don't have to like Pierre Polyev. You don't have to. You don't have to vote for him. But you don't attack his wife. Leave her out of it. She posted a nice heartwarming video that showed you some pictures behind the scenes from their home and what they do on weekends. I don't know, man. It's, you know, it comes down to if you want to attack someone for their policy, I understand. But don't make it personal. Attack policy, not personal. Exactly. Everybody's got to stop. And if you don't listen to that message, if you keep going on with it. Whatever happens to you happens. I'm thinking you're probably going to get that persona non grata label with a lot of your followers because I think it's obnoxious. I'd love to sit and talk about the housing quote unquote crisis right now. I'd love to have a conversation about mortgage rates. And we get so, I'd love to know why there's still no public inquiry into China interfering in at least two different elections. We still don't have one. And apparently, just breaking this morning, Six different well-known Canadians have turned down officiating that public hearing. They don't want anything to do with it. Mm. So this is a problem as well.
But we can't talk about all that stuff when you're caught up in the the bash Trudeau and 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 bash Polyev. Just stop making it personal and let's talk about issues and let's talk about solutions. I think that's a perfectly reasonable compromise. Leave the wives out of it. Leave the kids out of it. Let's just talk about what they want to do or, in fairness, what they have done because that's also relevant. And then that other stuff comes with it, right? Like, to be fair, sure. Did we get really involved in uh, Michelle Obama's life and and their daughters and everything else? Absolutely. So there, there's a time for that once they're elected and stuff, but especially when they're I don't know. No, n- you know what? There's never a time for it. But I understand people's obsession with the family. It's okay, I think, if it's positive. Like, wow, you know, I'm happy for them. They seem like a nice family, whatever. Just stop attacking people, though. It's for no reason. And again, ask yourself, like, why Why are you doing that? Do you hate your life so much that you have to go way out of your way to try to make someone else feel miserable? I don't understand you people who do it. I don't get it. I never will. Please. Be nice. You don't have to like, I said it, you don't have to like Pierre Polyev. You also don't need to like Justin Trudeau. I'll tell you the way I see it. He's not very good at his job. Look at what's going on right now. That's not good. We have people that are losing their homes and eating in food banks. This is not progress. But I don't hate the man on a personal level like that to the point where I'd go on social media and and accuse him of sucking this, that, or the other thing. I'm just Mm -hmm. not going to do it. It, Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem right. That has nothing to do with the politics of it all. But let's move on. Why are people so upset that they're taking bags out of the LCBO? Because I don't really, I don't remember the last time I got a bag from the LCBO. And I don't know who's not already used to taking a reusable bag every time you go to the store or just carrying what you bought. Yeah, I mean, I understand the frustration of forgetting a bag, but I'm with you in that. Yeah, they've got, they actually have great reusable LCBO bags specifically with the dividers, right? Maybe there's some people who just buy, you know, they go to the LCBO once uh, every couple months and they just buy a bunch of wine bottles or something. I could see how that maybe could get frustrating if you don't have a bag and you don't want to put it in a, in a bag. But they do have bags for that. They, there's there's ways to transport the stuff without the paper bag. I, I, there was outrage too when the grocery store said it, right? When Walmart said it or, or any other grocery chain that decided to do it. There was initial outrage. So that's what we're dealing with right now. But uh, I don't know what the difference is. Like, is it just because it's government run? So you think that they should be providing us with paper bags? Is it the amount of glass? Is that, Are you worried? I just want to know people's reason as to why they are upset. Well, I, I'm kind of curious as to why the LCBO is doing it. I think we all understand that if you're going to give out a bag, paper is by far the preference. And despite all the LCBO locations and all the transactions they do every single day, they say this is only going to save 188,000 trees. I'm not really sure why that's such a priority. I mean, trees are one of the most abundant and renewable resources we've got. They get used for a lot of different things. So I don't know that the LCBO not giving out bags is really going to do as much for the environment as it is for their bottom line because it costs a lot of money to keep ordering in bags, which they give away. Mm -hmm. So I think this is more financial under the guise of being green. But either way, I know that people don't like change, but I'd like to know how many people that were freaking out yesterday on the six o'clock news about the LCBO canceling bags shop at Costco all the time where they've never given you bags and you have no problem with that. Yeah. Again, like for me, I understand if it's just the glass. Let's say you go there and you just buy, I don't know, you just buy some, I don't know, wine bottles is the first thing to come to my mind, but sure, maybe some people go there and they buy a decent amount of glass vodka, rye, like you name it, whatever it is. I get there's there's ways when you go make it do an LCBO trip, are you not purposely going to the LCBO? I feel like it's not like groceries. It's not like groceries where while you're out and about, oh shoot, you know what, we forgot bread and milk. Let's go run in. LCBO I feel like is a more 
I'm going out to go to the LCBO, right? Like it, it's a destination. You're planning it, right? You're, you're, it's not one of those, oh, the LCBO is nearby. I'll just go buy a bunch of stuff. Maybe for some people it is. Hey, I'm not judging, whatever. But I think for the most part, we can prepare ourselves for that, can't we? If we know like, hey, I'm having people over Saturday. I would probably need to shop for my booze, make sure I have my bag. That's it. I don't know. That's how I see it. It's, it's, it's kind of simple. One more thing before we get to Tory Lanez and Taylor Swift. You'll remember that there was a lot of people who heard stories about a certain drug called Ozempic and that it could help you lose weight. Now, it was created as a treatment for diabetes, but a lot of people, particularly the well-connected ones, managed to convince their doctor to give them a prescription for Ozempic. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Hollywood. And they're using Mm -hmm. that to eat whatever they want, and the Ozempic helps take the weight off. Well, yesterday, shares on the market for Eli Lilly, the drug manufacturer, went wild on Wall Street. They are talking about their new drug, which has now been approved by the US FDA to treat type 2 diabetes, and they see it booming as a potential weight loss treatment. Apparently, some doctors are already prescribing this drug off-label. I believe it's called Mounjaro? Mounjaro? Monjaro? I don't know what it's called, but this would be another version of Ozempic that okay. regular people could take to help them lose weight. Okay. So we're back to the question. If there was a magic pill that you could take that yeah. would make you lose weight, would you take it? Or do you appreciate the effort and the hard work that goes into dieting and exercise? Yeah. You know what's so interesting about this? I was listening to, I, I, I don't remember where it was, but it was like a panel of experts. It was like partially doctors, partially just people talking about Ozempic and and what the world's going to look like once drugs like this are basically replicated and then they're sold on mass right and it may not be this exact obviously it won't be the exact Ozempic there's going to be knockoffs in this and there's already a few knockoffs by the way which apparently work okay which work quite well this is just going to be the top brand if you will uh, it's a brand like anything else Ozempic but uh, is it a bad thing was the question being asked by two doctors right Is it actually a bad thing if we soon live in a world where obesity could be gone? And sure, for some that sounds lazy. Like, wow, just take a magic shot and you're you're not obese anymore? Do the hard work. But at the end of the day, if we want to help our healthcare system and we know the drug is safe, long-term to take, which by the way, I don't even know if that's accurate, but let's say we live in a world where Ozempic's been around for 15, 20 years, okay? Everyone who's taken Ozempic since day one feels great, lost weight, there's the obesity numbers are dropping, hospitalizations based on ob- anything regarding our b- obesity is getting better. Is that really such a bad thing? Now, it does come down to money, obviously. Some people will be able to afford it and some people won't. So it'll be a have and have not situation for a bit. Uh, maybe eventually we'll come to a place, though, where it's covered, where it's like it's a no brainer. If you if you could be covered to take a medication to help you stay out of the hospital, which kind of most, a lot of medications might be in this case then why wouldn't you make it available as long as first dibs goes to the people who really need the drug? We've proved that if we need to make a lot of a drug, we can make it and ship it in record time. There's no shortage for diabetics. If they wanted to make more, they could. They're just waiting for the green light to start prescribing it to fat people instead of diabetics. That's the only thing. So I think that we need to go about this as if this is going to be available en masse for public consumption, if you will, for non-diabetics and diabetics alike. And in Canada, it's hard to even get this 
I don't even think you can unless you are actually prescribed it and a doctor will double check and triple check that that's the case. But let's say that that was that was it. We need to promote this as an aid, but not the answer for healthy living, right? We need to promote this with, please still stay healthy, eat healthy, walk, move your body, uh, all these things that make you a healthy individual. You need to keep doing it, right? But if this can help people with obesity who are who find themselves sick a lot, you know, hospitalized a lot, and maybe have tried other things, maybe haven't. I don't, I'm just saying, I don't know if it's such a bad thing, but to help change my mind. Am I wrong? Am I missing something? What about people who do do the hard work? I'm thinking about my own personal situation. I lost a lot of weight about a year ago, and I really didn't try that hard. I, I modified my diet. I switched to black coffee, cut down on my booze intake, and I lost a lot of weight. My girlfriend, on the other hand, exercises, she eats healthy, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And whereas I can weigh myself after a week and say, oh shit, look at that, I lost five pounds, <laughs> and walk away, she can, after a lot of yoga and and healthy eating and salad that, smoothie this, nonsense, right. she steps on the scale and she's down a half a pound. Yeah, It's yeah. a lot harder for some people yeah. to the point where you're already doing the hard work, it's just your metabolism is slower yeah. or something that, just take the pill. You're doing the work. You know what I mean? Like, this is where I'm at is that I look at the amount and and I didn't even touch on mental health. I didn't even touch on mental health. A lot of people are depressed and it's based on their body. That's the truth. Yep. And I mean, adults, I don't even want to, we're not talking about teenagers here. None of that stuff. But there are grown adults like in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, probably even older that if they had the ability to lose a little bit of weight, they would feel better about themselves and mentally be better. Again, and then again, I ask the question, why is that a bad thing then? I, do, I hope people aren't walking around going, oh, this is horrible. People taking these shots of this and that. Why don't we wait and see how things go? Maybe it makes sense to have something like this out there. I understand those who lost weight, look fit, do the things, and maybe it was really difficult looking at it going, that seems lazy. I get it, but there's probably so many people out there and stories out there that if you had the ability to hear those stories, you might change your mind. If you knew that it would impact an entire family for one person to get this, an entire life for one person to get this, maybe you change your mind. I think it's an incredibly hypocritical thing if people want and or need this and a doctor won't prescribe it. And here's why. And again, it goes back to kind of a theme from the beginning of the pod. It goes back to COVID. We had COVID drugs that that they said are safe and effective and we all lined up en masse to go and get needles in our arms to get these. They had almost no time to study it in advance. These are things that have actually gone through the clinical trials. They've gone through the vetting process. They've been uh, peer-reviewed, all the research on it and things like that. These are drugs that we know work and are, for the most part, other than the stated side effects, probably fairly safe. Why wouldn't they give that out if they were so willing to recommend other drugs that weren't proven and turned out to not be particularly effective or particularly Mm, safe? That's a good question. I mean... For Eli Lilly, you got to hand it to them too because they're they're pushing for this, like you're like you said, because it will be um, considered a weight loss drug, right? Whereas Ozempic is not. No. So it makes them look good. This is so smart of them to do, and I'm not surprising at all. But so smart of them to do this because they don't want to have that over their heads of like you have people getting this as a weight loss drug. You told people this was going to just help those with diabetes. I just think it's brilliant that they're that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be virtually the same drug, right? 
but under a different label. Absolutely. And hopefully FDA approved. Sorry, where'd you say that they were on the FDA approval for this? Approved. Oh, see, it's approved. Okay, yep, sorry. That's why I their stock was, went I so was, crazy. Uh, I thought it was almost approved. See, so now you've got an FDA approved weight loss drug by the same company that just so happens to have a drug that's causing great amounts of weight loss for a lot of people who need it. I think it's, I think it's great. Uh, you know, I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I, I know that money is going to be an issue, though. I know the money's going to be an issue because they're going to charge a ton. And rightfully so. People are going to pay the price. Stop screwing around, Health Canada. We know you guys have extremely low bars over there. If this is safe and effective and the U.S. tried it, just approve it here. Let's get going here. Uh, two things quickly. Tory Lanez, rapper. Yeah. Living in L.A., 10 years in prison for shooting Megan Thee Stallion. Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't understand why, because maybe I didn't know the whole story. I remember you and I talking about it as it was happening, but yeah. I think some details got left out. The one that stood out to me was, apparently, when he pointed the gun at her, he told her to dance, Yeah, and then he fired the shots, which yeah. hit her in the feet. By the way, getting shot in the foot, that's all bone. That would hurt like hell. Well, you might remember, so... Maybe you don't remember, though. That's a good point. Because this was 2020. So this is three years ago this happened. But she, what happened was they were at a party. Wasn't it like a, it was a singer's party? I feel like it was like Ariana Grande's party or something. I don't even know. Anyway, they were at someone's party. It was Kylie Jenner. Thank you. Kylie Jenner's party. So they left Kylie Jenner's house. They were both in the same car. I don't know if Tori was driving. Couldn't tell you. Whatever whatever the case was. Megan, this, there was a fight and Megan wanted to get out. So the car was stopped. Megan got out. He told her to get back in. And that's where the fight got pretty bad and apparently at one point that's when he took out the gun that's when he told her get in and then I guess he was being ridiculous who knows if he was on something or not because I don't know if I know that the cops had gone there and talked to them but at the time they thought Megan hurt her foot with the shot anyway now they know that he uh he had done this and he ended up being convicted on of three felonies in December it took a while to get there and all the meantime by the way so Megan lied at first to the cops then admitted the truth and said the only reason why she lied was she was a little afraid of cops at that time. That was George Floydish time. Just keep that in mind, right? She was afraid. She didn't want to say anything. So she came forward after the fact and said, actually, this is what happened. And now he, she was being threatened by people to not talk, which made her want to talk more. She was virtually, I don't want to say canceled in the public eye. That's not true at all. But in her circles, she had been canceled by some people who were like, don't you dare snitch. Don't you dare say anything. And she won't, I don't think she'll name all the names and I hope now that this is done, she will. Cause I'd like to know who threatened her. Cause apparently she was threatened quite a bit. Uh, but anyway, eventually guys, she, she admitted it. Um, he did get charged with those three felonies, convicted sorry of those three felonies. And the sentence came down yesterday at 10 years. That's not even as much as the prosecutor wanted. The prosecutor wanted 13. Yeah. Tory's team wanted probation. Fuck off. Come on. You shot somebody twice. I, uh, I, I don't think that was realistic ever. 10 years is probably the right number. I hope he doesn't have to serve it in the L.A. County lockup. Hopefully they ship him back and maybe he can be a Maplehurst in Milton or something like that. You think he deserves better? Uh, I don't think he deserved a lesser sentence if what I heard was yeah. true. I do think, though, that he should be entitled to serve it in Canada because our apparently our prison system is very comparable. But one of the things the news has taught me over the last couple of months is our system is far more lenient. Well, he's... And even if you've murdered a lot of people, you can still get dropped to medium security. By the way, Paul Bernardo is still yeah. in medium yeah. security. Yeah. But you know it's not the end of that tale, I think. There's it's not the end it. of that yeah. tale. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, sorry... Sorry, Tori, probably shouldn't have uh, shot somebody with a firearm that you didn't even actually uh, rightfully own. Isn't that true? 
Uh, whatever the case is. Lots of charges. It was unregistered, yeah, so we don't unregistered. know who owned it. There you go. Last thing, there's a lot of people talking about Taylor Swift today because the tickets go on sale, and I did not know, or I don't know, when the switchover happened, but it used to be, little trip down memory lane here, if I wanted tickets to go to a New Kids on the Block concert. I'm trying to think of who was popular in New the kids 90s. New Kids on the Block? So let's say I wanted to go to a New Kids on the Block concert. I would go down to Sunrise Records, which was a verified Ticketmaster reseller. Right. I would line up and buy tickets. Yeah. And then we evolved. Well, you can just call 870-8000. Buy your tickets over the phone. Was that the number? Yeah. You remember the number. That's I said impressive. it on the radio about 15 million times over the years. Wow. And then it was, well, now you can even buy them online. It's great. And then the hackers or the bots or whatever started stealing up the tickets. So Ticketmaster created this new system where the first thing you've got to do is register as a verified fan so they can make sure you're Correct. a real person. Yeah. Then you've got to get in line to try and get a code which allows you to buy the tickets. Yeah. Or you get waitlisted. Way more people got waitlisted than people got codes to buy. And you can buy your tickets as of this morning. That's a lot of hoops to jump through to buy tickets to a concert. Mm -hmm. And I get that they're trying to stop the scammers from buying up all the tickets and then scalping them for extra money. But Ticketmaster seems to have found a way to block out the scalpers. But now they're basically scalping because they've got the reseller site and they've raised the price of concert tickets. And the other thing here is... They've made it really inconvenient. I don't want three steps to buy concert tickets. I just want to log in, select my show, pick my seats, pay my money, and carry on with my day. It shouldn't It shouldn't be yeah. like this, I don't think. I don't know. Like, this is one of the biggest artists in the world. Beyonce was the same thing. And I first, I was a little upset. I, I was the same way with Beyonce, right? So I got waitlisted. Same thing as, like, the Taylor Swift show. Now, there was only two Beyonce shows that said. But I was like, this is ridiculous. It does make sense, though. First and foremost, you have to be a pretty hardcore fan to jump through all those hoops. So all those people who went through those hoops to become a verified fan are verified fans. They want those tickets. They're set out to purchase those tickets. They are fans of Taylor Swift. They have been waiting. Nobody who just nonchalantly has a lot of money and just goes click, 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 click is able to do it. You have to go out of your way to get the tickets. And maybe that's how it should be for the big artists. The other thing that someone brought to my attention too is the amount of times that Ticketmaster site would crash. It was just open sale. When it's open sale for hot tickets, the site crashes nonstop. And that's frustrating for a lot of people who sit around waiting for it to get back up again and then miss out on tickets. I'm okay with it this way. I think it does also control the cost of tickets. Resale is going to be far, far better. I, I'm not, I don't, when I say less, I'm not going to mean less money. Obviously there's going to be people who try to resell those tickets, but at least it's not going to be in hordes and hordes, like an entire stadium of bots bought it, which some hackers were able to do a good chunk of that stadium was bots buying them, and then selling them for twice the price. So if you can avoid that, I like it. There's real Taylor Swift fans going. I like it. I heard uh, from some Taylor Swift fans that texted into our show, and you can anytime, one 915 show The person said, I'm the biggest Taylor Swift fan, which I hear that from a lot of people, but she backed it up. She's like, I've seen her in concert twice. I've got those concert t-shirts. I've got Taylor Swift posters. I've got all of her albums. I've got the merch. I've bought all those things. I am an actual fan who got waitlisted. So the system isn't perfect if the goal is to put just yeah. the fans in there. Yeah. The other thing I would say too is they've created all these hoops to try and block out the bots from snapping up thousands of dollars worth of tickets. Could they not have achieved the exact same thing by just limiting it to no more than two tickets per credit card? 
Um, again, it, it, this the site crashing would be an issue because you'd have so many people on there at once. You only you you basically want to try to control how many people can buy at one time too. I think that's another objective. If you tell people they can only buy two, what is the max anyway? I don't even know. Four? I think it's four. Okay, fine. So max is four. I'm okay with that because you sometimes you go with a group. That's all right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't hate it, and I've been a victim of it. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it sucks. I get it. But it was one of those things for me where I was like, eh, that sucks. It, it does. It sucks. The unfortunate thing, too, is there are some people outside of Canada that are trying to buy these tickets. Like, oh. for me, these are Canadian shows. Dang it. She's all over the world. She's got to be in another place that you are. Or maybe you got screwed out of your own city, and that's why you're doing it. But because Toronto is one of those destinations that's pretty easy to get to, people are like, yeah, we'll go in Toronto from all over the place. So I think that's another frustrating part for some people. But I have to think that was controllable, too. Could they not have, like, reserved, like, half the dome for each of the shows for local residents that have a, an Ontario postal code and the other half yeah, is for around the world. People they don't find care. A, people they find just a way around it. You know, people always find a way around it anyway. But nonetheless, uh, if you're a Swifty fan, I, I didn't bother. I, I, I don't. I like Taylor Swift, but I, I don't care to go see her in concert. Uh, but if you are, if you don't get a chance to get tickets, just keep listening to our radio show, okay? It's far away. It's not until next November, but just all, all I can tell you now keep listening. And on that, we'll say have a fantastic hump day, everybody. We will be on the radio basically all day, every day, and back live tomorrow morning, 5.30 till 9.30, and here with another episode of After 9 tomorrow. Bye-bye.